Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings and salutations. Happy 2023. This is Russ Dennis, your possibility engineer, standing in for Hugh Ballou on the Nonprofit Exchange podcast. Today, we have Chris Herbeshawn, who is a master of finance, uh, CPA. He's here to talk to us about the importance of good finance, financial planning, record keeping, and making sure that you're keeping score monetarily. Welcome to the show, Chris. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and, uh, why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so my name is Chris Herbishon. I am a CPA. I am based in Hilton Head, South Carolina, originally from New Jersey. We've got a team of seven, and we are scattered off actually internationally all throughout the world, uh, across the country and internationally as well. So uh, we operate virtually, always have. And the reason why I do what I do, so primarily what we do is fractional CFO services for marketing and creative agencies, as well as nonprofits. and. Um, I really just like helping small businesses and nonprofit organizations, um, you know, on the, on the for-profit side, helping them grow, helping, helping owners of those businesses scale to what they want to scale to on on the nonprofit side, honestly, just like giving back. I've been volunteering my time for a number of years in my adult life. And uh, it's just a good thing to do. So if I can marry um, my professional life with my personal life and giving back, uh, it's just a cool thing, you know, to to help those organizations grow and stay financially solvent and be able to, um, you know, contribute to their mission. Well, having a fractional CFO, that might be something that's a little alien to some of our listeners because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they... You know, having a full accounting staff is something they don't have a budget for. So what sort of things would somebody expect from a fractional CFO and tell them how you can really help them put their operation on track to success? Yeah, and that's a that's a good question. It, you know, especially now where in the accounting profession we have like a lot of professions <laughs> right now, we have a um shall we say a shortfall of talent uh, mm-hmm. in the profession um you know especially in the, at the more senior levels where we've seen um you know f- uh, the boomers are starting to retire they're retiring at a f- fairly fast rate um you know the famous statistic that CPAs love to quote over the last couple of years is that 75% of CPAs are retirement age or older and so there's there's definitely a talent shortfall the the pipeline for kids coming into college and, and going into accounting it's it's been short so what we've seen ever since COVID is uh, pretty substantial rising wages, and when raises when wages rise as fast and as far as they have in the accounting profession, it makes it hard to bring somebody in internally. So, where we can help is um, on a fractional basis, where we come in, we do the books. Um, the organizations that we work with, they have access to us, um, you know, over at, at some some sort of a fractional level where they don't have to bring in the entire um, the the entire expense of having an accountant, having a CFO, uh, having to manage the entire IT infrastructure that comes with accounting. It's very very expensive to do that. It's much much cheaper to do that on a fractional perspective. So, 
Uh, on the CFO side, that's going to be focused on things that are future focused, uh, your budgeting, your forecasting, your cash flow management, you know, things where we're thinking about the future. In order to do that well, or to do it at all, really, uh, we have to have good, clean books. And so we wrap our um, bookkeeping service, AP service, AR service, things like payroll service, things like that into our fractional CFO service. The reason why we do that is so we can have good, clean books, good, clean financial information that we can then use to advise our client organizations on you know how to grow and how to remain financially um, in a good place. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of uh, nonprofits that take in federal funds have a requirement for audits. So uh, how do you guys help folks prepare for those and how involved are you if, if that's something one of your clients needs? Yeah. So the single audit for sure. Um, you know, one, the biggest, the big thing there is to make sure that you've got good, clean accrual based books, accrual basis being much different than, than cash basis. A lot of the folks that uh, work with nonprofits, they come from the for-profit uh, sector. And probably if you've been working with small business mo businesses, most of those small businesses are going to be on the cash basis. So you're, you're recording transactions when cash goes in or out. It's a lot different in accrual-based accounting. So in accrual-based accounting, we're making sure that uh, when things happen, regardless of when the cash moves, we're recording those on the books. It's a much more, uh, it's a much more complex way and a much more, um, I want to say strenuous, but it's, it's, it, there's a lot more work that goes into it. Um, so making sure that we've got good, uh, you know, accrual based books, that's, that's the place where we start. If you're going to have some sort of an audit, you probably need to have an, you, you need to have an audit. If you're going to have, if you're going to, um, uh, you know, receive federal funds and um, in a number of instances, you're going to have to have that audit. So when auditors come in, they're auditing your books. Uh, we can help to interface with them and and help to kind of shepherd the audit through the the audit process. Outstanding, yeah. I know that one thing that's really critical, uh, especially when it comes to the the resources that are entrusted to you, is having policies and procedures that are going to be in place to make sure you're shepherding those resources that are entrusted mm -hmm. to the best way possible. Talk a little bit about that and uh, where you see uh, organizations potentially uh, uh, end up with difficulties because there are gaps in their policies. Yeah, so you know, a lot of times what we'll see is that organizations don't have policies and procedures at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we want to make sure that we have policies and procedures around how the accounting actually gets done. Um, so what is the process for receiving and handling cash? What is the process for, um, accounts payable and making sure that it's going through the proper approval chain, uh, making sure that we're documenting what systems and processes those, um, in inflows and outflows are going to go through start there. Um, then we need to document exactly how things are going to be accounted for. So what is the chart of accounts going to look like? What are the types of transactions that we're going to expect to see in the chart of accounts? When are those things going to be? Um, recorded? When is everything going to be reconciled? What are we going to reconcile? All of that really should be documented. So we're documenting um, what goes where and then how things are going to move, basically, if I had to distill that down into kind of lay terms. Okay. Yeah. So if, if someone approaches you and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't have any of this stuff and it, it's probably going to take 
thousands of hours and thousands of dollars to get this done. Uh, I don't know where to start. Um, how, how would you start that conversation with someone uh, and and maybe give us a, a 10,000 foot view of how you would actually approach that? Yeah, so the way that I generally, I would, I would consider that to be a strategy question. And the way that I generally approach strategy is with questions. So where are you now? What is your mission? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, it's a whole series of what and how questions. How does this currently work? What are you currently doing? What sort of systems do you currently have in place? Who, and this is a who question, but like who is responsible for those right now? And then go from there. Um, when you work with uh, a firm like ours who has done this before and who has experience in these sorts of things, we've got templates. We can start there. We don't have to start from scratch. We don't have to, you know, we're not rebuilding the arc every every time that we do this. So um, we can start from a template. And then once we have all that information, we've asked all of those what and how questions, we can start to um, apply that template to your organization. So we're not starting from from zero. It, you know, it is a process. It does take time. Anytime you're putting a, a new financial system in place um, or migrating from a, shall we say, suboptimal <laughs> financial system to an optimized financial system, it does take time. But um, it starts with questions and, and, you know, it's just one of those things you have to work through. It's like eating an elephant, take it one bite at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, yeah, that's something we talk a great deal about is strategy here, uh, strategy and tools for leadership and those are very important. It's, you know, as far as having a strategy, your 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 funding needs to match the mission. So mm -hmm. it's really important to to know what those things cost and and how to go about doing that. Uh, if you were to point out trouble spots that that you typically see nonprofits have, very common trouble spots, uh, what would those be? And how would you work with them to to remedy those? Mm, that's yeah, that's a good question. I would say to start with, it would be a suboptimal accounting infrastructure. Now, remember, I mean, you know, I'm an accountant talking about accounting things, and I've got a, an accounting mindset, so I'm a little bit biased in that answer, saying you know, accounting. But the accounting infrastructure speaks to a lot of different things. Number one, it speaks to internal controls which is a huge problem, um, especially when we're dealing with other people's money. And especially when, you know, things are as regulated as they are and nonprofit accounting is a very compliance heavy type of exercise. So having an, an appropriate accounting um, infrastructure, if we have an appropriate accounting infrastructure, we can layer on the appropriate controls, number one, but then number two, we have a data set or data sets that we can then leverage in order to grow the organization. Okay. Okay. So like a really good example of that, who are your biggest donors? How long would it take you to tell me that? Mm -hmm. Where are your donors? Like things like that. You know, what was, when was the last time we interacted with them? Uh, when was the last time that we sent them an email campaign or we had some sort of interaction in a, in a, in a fundraising capacity? If you can't tell me that, that's, that's part of the accounting infrastructure as well. So we're marrying some sort of a CRM there with, an, with our accounting infrastructure. When it gets into um, internal controls, do you have an appropriate AP system? 
is there an approval workflow? Who is approving it? What are the limits? Again, that gets into documentation again, too. The, all of those things should be documented. Um, but just not having those systems, or we have systems that don't talk to each other. So does your accounting system talk to your AP system? Does your accounting system talk to your payroll system? Um, do your banks integrate with, <laughs> with your accounting system? You know, things that are as simple as that. Um, just not having appropriate systems in place. That's a good one. Um, not having documentation, not having uh, controls. Those are really the, the biggest the biggest places to start. Yeah. You know, integration oh. is everything. There's so much technology out here that's that's available. And of course, with, with our nonprofits, uh, oftentimes they have budget constraints. So mm -hmm. uh, we're not having a budget. There's, an, there's another <laughs> one for you. Not having a budget at all. Yeah, that that's even worse. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and in looking at at the viability of all of the moving parts, what would you say the 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 minimum tool set is that an organization should have in place uh, to make sure that everything is working? Uh, you know, they say, okay, uh, I've I've got limited budget. I I, I need certain things. What would my investment be and what sort of tools should I be looking at to make sure that I have a viable system in place to keep myself on track? Uh, so tools, meaning like from an accounting system, infrastructure different, perspective? Different systems and, you know, there's all of yeah. the different systems you need to, to plan properly. Okay. At an absolute positive bare minimum, you're going to need a general ledger system. Now, a general ledger system is accounting speak for something like a QuickBooks or a Zero or a FreshBooks or something, some sort of an accounting system where you're tracking the inflows and the outflows, where you can produce some, you know, some set of financial statements that you can give to the board or you can give to an auditor or something like that, or a donor. Um, or apply for a grant, you know, things like that. So some sort of an accounting system, a general ledger system. The most common that we see is going to be QuickBooks. So QuickBooks is your general ledger system. After that, if you've got people who work in the organization, so employees, you definitely need a payroll system. Hopefully your payroll system is going to integrate with your general ledger system for a variety of reasons. Not the least of which is that when you, you pay somebody, that accounting entry syncs back to your general ledger, so your accounting system. So if I pay you $100 in wages, now on my financial statement, I see $100 in expense in wages that goes out. So we want those two things to talk to each other. If they don't talk to each other, occasionally what we will get is some sort of a data entry error or some sort of a reconciliation error. And so we have a payroll system that says one thing. We have a general ledger system that says another. An auditor comes in and says, why is there a difference? And then you say, hopefully, I don't, or not hopefully, I don't know. And then that turns into a whole thing. It's not good. It's not where we want to live. Um, so those two things should talk to each other. Uh, next up, an AP system. So that is probably going to be, it could potentially be QuickBooks. It's most likely going to be um, Bill.com or Melio. Melio is the one that we use by choice. It's fairly inexpensive. But reason why we use that is so that we um, can layer on an approval workflow when we're cutting checks to some other organization. So let's just say that we're going to have a fundraising event. We need to cut a check to a vendor. We want that check to go through um, our accounts payable system so that then we have um, a record of it 
we have the invoice attached to the to the check and then we've also got an approval workflows and we can see who's approved it and when we also want the ap system to talk to the general ledger again so that everything reconciles and everything matches those i would say are probably the bare minimum mm -hmm. if you're going a step further you're going to want some sort of a crm system so you can um track donors and 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 who is uh contributing to your organization there's a depending on the crm system that you use there's a whole host of data that you can get and leverage um in a very meaningful way that can be very beneficial to your organization so we'd be looking for that um and then potentially some sort of a a, a payment system and what i mean by payments is um, donations coming into the organization most commonly what we see is something like a stripe where there's a, a payment link that goes on a website or some sort of a form somewhere and then you're gathering donations that way again there's got to be some sort of a bridge that goes from um, that system back to the general ledger back to your accounting system so there's a reconciliation that happens and you're um, appropriately accounting for fees and things like that yeah, it's all quite extensive, and there are a lot of CRM products out there. I mean, at one point in my current organization, we were using Soho, very mm -hmm. powerful, but, you know, it, it could be like using the bazooka to get rid of an ad. Uh, For sure. So, For sure. you know, I, I guess the key, what are, what are some of the key things that people should look for when they're evaluating a lot of these systems? Because uh, a lot of them have very good marketing. And if you're a little bit confused about how some of these things work, uh, is that something you would work with clients to help? Hey, I don't know where to start. Uh, is that something that you do is to actually help people put these systems together uh, and find tools that are going to be easy to access, understand, and use, yet robust enough to get the job done? Yeah, for sure. And that's... Um... Honestly, one of the things that I love doing is looking at software tools and processes and things like that, and basically just trying to build a better mousetrap and trying to get the right data out. And and you're right. I mean, there there are especially on the CRM side, there are a lot of CRMs out there, and some of them are very very complex and very very expensive, and then others not so much. A, a CRM system theoretically could be something as simple as a Google Sheet or an Excel document, something like that. The first place where I usually start is what is the information that we're trying to get and how are we going to leverage it? The next question there is, do we have somebody internally who can manage this and who understands how to use it or has used it before? Um, after that, we want to make sure that whatever we're using talks to the, the rest of the data ecosystem that we're looking at. Again, we want to make sure that things talk to each other. We want to make sure that the data is, um, is getting leveraged appropriately. And we want to make sure that everything reconciles. So that's usually where we start with that. Excellent, excellent. And so, you know, a lot of people, they'll say, okay, I've got all of these tools. I know that that it's important to have them work and they, they'll they work with you. And, and uh, as, as part of your, your process, uh, working with folks after you recommend them, how much training and setup uh, do you help them with? It, it well it depends on where they're starting from right but you know our our view is that we want our customers to be successful if our customers are, are successful then we're going to be successful so whatever that looks like 
that's what we do. Um, you know, it's the way that we set up our engagements, it's unlimited support. So it allows us to help our customers be successful. We're not on some sort of a time clock. It's not like, you know, we don't charge by the hour. So if you have a five minute question about some sort of a, a software platform, it's not like we're sending you a bill for <laughs> one tenth of an hour. Like that's not how we work. It's not how we want to work. For now we're billing here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if we're recommending some sort of a software platform, it's usually because we have used it before. We've integrated with, we've integrated it with whatever it is we're trying to integrate it. Like we've done it before. It's not new to us whatever questions that you have, we're, we've probably heard them before, right? There are exceptions where you have some sort of a odd use case that we haven't seen before. And then we, we go out and we research a new platform, but like, we'll tell you that like, Hey, we don't have any client or we don't have any customers using this. We, we have not used this. We think it'll work and we will help you work through that. But you know, it's not something that we've done before, but we always say that up front, and that's not, not very usual. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very often that that comes up. Yeah. So, you know, a big part of when it comes to finances is compliance and making sure you have all the right records on hand and, and uh, how you store those. So uh, how involved are you with, with assisting your clients with record keeping? And uh, are you moving more toward electronic systems? I know we dealt with a lot of paper uh, in the past and you know we were moving away from that when i stepped away from from auditing service yeah uh well we are a, a, a virtual team so obviously our preferred method of of working is digital um i do think that there are a lot of benefits to having a digital workflow and a digital ecosystem because things can talk to each other. There is no paper. Paper can get messy. Paper can get lost. Paper can get shredded. Your dog could eat your paper, like whatever it is. Um, so we have tried to we have tried very aggressively to move away from paper in the firm. We've done that fairly successfully, and we try to move uh, the organizations that we work with away from paper as aggressively as possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's a lot of bet. You know, I understand that. Uh, having something that's tangible that you can pick up and hold and touch and all that, all that uh, good stuff has a, has a benefit. And um, you know, that's the way that things have been done for a long, long time. But, you know, at this point, I think that there are so many benefits to having a cloud ecosystem being electronic, that that's really the way to go. And that's really, you know, how I would, I would encourage organizations to work. I hear you. Yeah. I can, I can reach any of my stuff from this. Uh, you know, uh, I was one of these crotchety old guys that said, I'll never put stuff on the cloud. You can't trust it. I've got lots of cloud accounts. So I can access yeah. stuff from any device. So that's very important. You know, so and yeah. You know, more and more the, the the people that you work with and the people who are going to be supporting your organization, more and more, if they can't support you from their phone, then you're missing out on an opportunity. For sure. That's something really important to keep in mind. There's one more C. I know we talk about compliance. There's another C that I think people overlook, and that's what I call contingency. Uh, but backup plans, backup the systems. Uh, how do you approach that? And, and uh, do you find that a lot of people actually have those prepared? Or is that something you help them prepare? 
from a data perspective? Yeah, contingency, you know, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah our, our system melts down or we have a fire or a flood and we can't get to our building. Um, yeah, so that is one of the largest benefits of, of moving to a cloud infrastructure. And when we're um, recommending applications to use in that accounting infrastructure, it's because they are larger companies. It's because they have contingency plans. Like for instance, um, if my laptop, which I'm sitting here looking at right now, were to catch on fire and <laughs> it just vanishes into the thin air, like all of our customers' QuickBooks files, they're stored in the cloud, they're backed up in, uh, in, um, and they have redundancy and things like that. And nothing would get lost. Same with every other um, platform that we recommend. So there's that piece of it. The other piece of it too, one thing that we do is we use a, a third-party backup tool, which backs up QuickBooks. So the reason why we do that is if somebody goes in and connects a new app and it doesn't go as planned, or if somebody goes in and makes a whole bunch of changes to QuickBooks and we just can't make heads or tails of it, we can always just go back to yesterday and, and um, basically re-import that, that QuickBooks file. So we have that backup. Um, cool. Much more difficult to do if you're paper-based, for sure. If your files catch on fire, they, they caught on fire and, and that, <laughs> what, are, what are you going to do? So having a back, you know, having backup for those paper files, that's a good thing. But then also using systems where, you know, they are on cloud infrastructure, which is vetted and widely used like something that's sitting on top of an aws or a google cloud um, platform something like that definitely that's what we look for in apps for that reason awesome yeah so you know we're, we're winding down here uh, a little bit i mean we could spend hours <laughs> literally uh talking about all the things that that uh, that could be considered What's the most important sort of takeaway you want to leave folks with? And uh, how can people get a hold of you if they, if they have questions or want to assess where they are? Are there tools that you have that they can do that with? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so the big takeaway that I would that I would leave everybody with is to put some thought into your accounting and finance infrastructure. And to make sure that things are connected, make sure that they are make sure that they are cloud-based, and make sure that they support the mission of the organization, whatever that may be, and make sure that you can get the data out that you want to get out in order to support that mission. So just sitting down and having that discussion with some sort of a professional who can kind of walk you through that and talk you through that and, and ask you the what and how questions in order to get to the root of what you're trying to get out of that system. That's that's the most important thing. Um, as far as reaching out to us, the best way to find us is betterwaycpa.com. And we've got a number of resources on the website, a number of blogs, um, several blogs related to nonprofits specifically and nonprofit accounting specifically uh, that I think would be helpful. And it's a good place to start. Very good, Christopher Sean. Thank you so much for your time and expertise. Uh, Better Way CPA, that's where you'll find the resources. That's where you'll be able to find out uh, where to reach Chris. Uh, Happy New Year to all our listeners. Thank you for joining us here at the Nonprofit Exchange. And this is week one. We'll have many weeks where we have experts like Chris uh, come in and talk to us about ways to improve and strengthen our organization so that we can go out here 
and make a real difference in 2023. Uh, he will be back next week. And for now, this is Russ Dennis, your Possibility Engineer, signing off. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.